What is up, guys? Welcome back to Everything Goes Podcast. We have a special guest joining us from Dallas, Texas today. We are very excited to have him call in and just share his wonderful experience he's had already. I know you're very excited over there. But oh, yes. Pumped up. <laughs> but stay tuned, and we'll get into this great interview today. Totally. Been lit, boy. Everything goes. We now return you to regular programming. I just want to say thank you. This is a, a complete pleasure to have you on. Uh, we're just a small little, you know, local uh, Pennsylvania podcast, the father and son duo. And uh, dealing with all these Eagles fans. We've, we've had, <laughs> we, 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 yeah, it's tough up here. We, we've had some, uh, some athletes on, but. You know, my son got to talk to a Saints player, but this to me is is the biggest. You're the biggest guest that I've had because I listen to you guys every day, and it's just an inspiration to listen to you, man. Nice, man. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. Uh, props to uh, have some people listening to DFW radio outside of the Metroplex, especially in the Eagle Country. So it's it's good to hear. <laughs> I, we got to ask you though. You started out in Maryland. And you went from a play-by-play guy to having your own show on an ESPN radio station to going to Kansas City and being on one of the top shows out there. How was your journey? I mean, how was that going? Well, I uh, I wanted to do play-by-play, like you said. And uh, when I graduated from American University, well, I guess I should start backwards because uh, there's two ways to do it. You can go to a big station as a younger person and, and work your way up like like uh, Jeff Kavanaugh has done. Uh, RJ Choppy kind of did that working with the Dallas ESPN affiliate and, you know, do the, do the grind work behind the scenes and work your way up and hope that you have an opening within the company or do what I did and start off with the smaller markets and get your hands dirty yourself where you can make mistakes. Uh, so my hometown was 10,000 people. And um, I would sit there and intern in high school. And then when I graduated college uh, at American University, I went to Rockford, Illinois by myself to do a year of play-by-play. When the season was over, I went back home and my local station became an ESPN affiliate and they let me do a three-hour show. Mm-hmm. And I was able to go ahead and get my hands dirty and make mistakes and practice delivery and, and try to book guests and learn all the different stages, you know, that it takes uh, to do this job. And on my Fridays, I would broadcast the local high school football game and then I would drive to Washington, D.C. or Baltimore and I would do weekends, uh, weekend shows on Saturday morning. So I basically did that for about five years. And then I got hired in Kansas City middays at 610, uh, which is uh, produced uh, Nick Wright and uh, Danny Parkins. And, you know, we had a, we had a big group of people come out of that. And after uh, a year in Kansas City, an opportunity opened up in Dallas. Uh, so I moved here to uh, host the morning show on the uh, on, on the Cowboys station. That's that's pretty much my journey. Wow. Was that was that a tough transition? Because, I mean, you were on like one of the top shows in Kansas City to like walk away from that to go to Texas where, you know, I don't know if they were as big as Kansas city back then. Oh no, it wasn't, it wasn't tough at all. Now I loved Kansas city. You know, they're down to earth, diehard sports fans. I love the people there. Uh, I love the, the food there. I'm a big barbecue guy, but oh, yeah. you know, I, I was making 30 or $35,000 in Kansas city. So, you know, the money was not fantastic. It was a two hour show and it was it was it was midday. So, you know, 
traditionally in radio, it's morning drive, it's afternoon drive that are the big dog spots. So I was basically on for two hours uh, in Kansas City making $30,000. And then we're talking about the Dallas freaking Cowboys. You know, you go, yeah. you go to – I think Kansas City is somewhere in the 30s as a market, and you're talking about top five for DFW. You're talking about a Cowboy station. You're talking about morning drive. You're talking about more money. So, no, I actually uh, I broke my contract. Uh, to get out of Kansas City, which you know I wasn't I wasn't proud of doing, but I had to do it in order to get to the phone. Now, now, were you a Chiefs fan that converted to a Dallas fan, or were, or were you a you, Redskins fan, or were you just <laughs> like I'm a little curious there? You know, I'm a ratings fan. I sell yeah. my soul. I whore myself out for ratings. I care about winning myself number one, and then my team's number two. So, I grew up a Redskins fan in Maryland. We did not have the Ravens while I was growing up. Uh, so the Ravens came along later, but I was a Redskins fan. I went to school, like I said, in D.C. I did weekend radio in D.C. Uh, and then when I went to Kansas City, you know, I, I, I pretty much stayed a Redskins fan. And then when I came to Dallas, it was probably a, a big mistake. My boss, to his credit, Bruce Gilbert, my first boss, was like, hey, be yourself. You got to be honest with people. You can't lie. You have to be genuine. You have to be authentic. And I would sit there and talk about being a Redskins fan and singing Hail the Redskins to Jerry Jones uh, <laughs> live on my show, which was a really stupid idea. But yeah. eventually, you know, as you get older, at least for me, you know, doing this job, I'm not as diehard with my teams. You know, I used to throw temper tantrums and break stuff after the Redskins lost, but they've sucked for so long. And you can you know, I, I root for the bo- my, my bottom dollar. I root for the ratings. I root for the success of the station. I root for the city to be in a great mood. So, yeah. no, if, if the Cowboys and the Redskins faced each other 10 years straight in the NFC title game, I would want the Cowboys to win it 10 years in yeah. a row. Well, you got one of the best teams now on radio. I mean, the RJ and Choppy show is it's just it's an amazing <laughs> – seriously, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass – you have an amazing show. You really do. You just called it the RJ and Choppy show. You just insulted me like Derek. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this Sean oh, and man. RJ show. RJ That's I'm embarrassing. Sorry. <laughs> Play that back and listen to that, listen to that insult. I, I just want to let you know that I would never have done that to you. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, in all seriousness, it took us, you know, this is a lesson for everyone. You know, there are times when I wanted to switch RJ out. Like, I, he probably wanted to, to murder me, throw me off the 11th floor. It took about seven years. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, listeners, Tolos, we like to call them, who have been with us since day one, have heard that transition over time. But, man, it, it, it chemistry is difficult, and you have to learn each other's quirks. And it took me a while to learn that RJ was, you know, a clown 90% of the time. And that he was gonna, he wanted to be the funny guy, and he, you know, probably took a while to understand that I was more of a serious, and you know, I wanted to make sure the show was uh, was driven in a straight line. And mm-hmm. then you got to implement Troy, and then you got to implement Roy, and then you got to figure out how much sports to talk in DFW, how much BS to talk in DFW. So it took a long time for us to hit a groove, which I, I feel like we've finally done here, and we've been doing it for the past couple of years. Now, as far as play-by-play, did you find that difficult at first with all the detail you need to know and all the names you need to know right off the bat? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, all these charts, and you got to learn about every player and the pronunciation of every player. Yeah. And then, you know, a, a big problem for me in play-by-play was trying not to sound like a play-by-play guy. You know, Joe Buck has a great natural delivery where he doesn't have to – you know, for yeah, me, it's like, yeah. and, they, and they're going to the Super Bowl. 
that's like my that's not my natural voice, but that to me is how like a great broadcaster sounds, like capture that big moment. So <laughs> for me, talking naturally as a play-by-play guy was was much more difficult than eventually doing it as a talk show host. But you know, before RJ, I never co-hosted a show with anyone, so I would I would talk in radio voice. That's what I like to call it. When you're not in there with anyone else, it's very difficult. At least it was for me. It, it was very difficult to naturally talk. You know, everyone says, sound like you're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, you can sound like you're having a conversation a lot easier with someone else in the room mm-hmm. or three or four people on your show versus you by yourself. And you're trying to sound like a broadcaster, but you, you hear it all the time with a bunch of different people. Are you talking or are you broadcasting? Yeah. And the secret is to try to talk. Sean, how, how tough is it to do a sports show like every day? I mean, what does your day consist of once you're out of the facility? I mean, because you, you have to prep for the next day. I know I mean, a lot sports of Sports never end, and you're on, that, you're on that radio like for four-plus hours a day just talking about sports nonstop. So my daily schedule is I wake up at like 425. I live closer to the station than the other guys. You know, I did that on purpose uh, because – uh, RJ is fine with the longer drive. He can get up earlier than me. Uh, you know, I know it's cheaper away from uh, mm-hmm. uptown and downtown Dallas, but I had to be a little bit closer. So I wake up at 425 and, uh, you know, I sit there, leave the house at 440. We have a 5 a.m. pre-show meeting um, and then we do the show. We have a post-show meeting probably to like 1030 with the boss. Mm-hmm. And then I come home and uh, probably from you know, 11 o'clock to 12.30, I am, uh, I'm watching the national shows. So I listen to our radio station on the way home to hear what the other shows are talking about. And then I watch, you know, I, I watch Colin Cowherd. I watch Dan Patrick, like their first 20 minutes to see what their angles are, see mm-hmm. if they have any great guests that I want to take interviews from. That's what I'm winding down from, from like, you know, four or five cups of coffee. So <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to knock out as much, work for the next day as possible and then i'll probably sleep from like 12 30 to 3 and then uh when i wake up i just start searching the internet you know i go through about seven or eight different twitter accounts because those are the twitter accounts that i trust are going to have main topic in news uh i go to the main websites i uh start putting it in an email and that gets me I, I feel like I've gotten like eighty percent of my work done until the games start tonight. It's a Mavs game at seven thirty. Yep. Uh so I'll sit there and take notes on that game and then when the Mavs game is done, uh well while that's going on, I read RJ's prep email, I read Roy's email, I plug that into the show. So by the time I go to sleep the show is done. Uh and then if we have to add something, if something breaks overnight from midnight to four or five AM I add that, but different shows do it differently. You know, some people wake up at two or two thirty to to do all their prep, but I I, I have too much anxiety for that. I have to have it done before I go to sleep, and uh, it's done uh, usually by uh, by ten o'clock, and I'm asleep by it. You know, ten thirty. It's a lot of Man, it's a lot of crazy. work. I mean, we do a podcast maybe twice a week, and we try to prep like hours before we go on. But man, that is crazy. I, I, There's supposed to be an hour of prep for an hour that you're doing your show. That's what the old. That's what the. Uh, that's what radio coaches would tell you. So if you're doing a four-hour show, you should do four hours of prep. That's awesome. That's what they say, and then you gotta, you know, schedule guests in the midst of that as well. Whenever people come into the station, we always invite listeners in to watch if they want. You know, I think they think we're gonna be BSing and high-fiving and playing games, and our show may be a little bit more serious than others, but. 
they they always leave and like I didn't realize it was this much work. I didn't realize it was yeah. this coordination. I didn't realize this. I didn't realize that. Which you guys are obviously great. So. I have a I have a quick two part question. You know, how was it interviewing Jerry Jones the first time? And I, I know you weren't a f- big fan of uh, Jason Garrett. And my son and I, my other son, he's a Cowboys fan. He's sitting here listening. We battle all the time about Jason Garrett. And it's not that I, I, di- I didn't like Jason Garrett, but the turnover of a coach and what Dallas is going through now, how concerning is that to you with all the new names coming in and with the 20-plus free agents they have? Well, it's concerning and it's exciting. Like, you know, uh, Cowboy fans remain very loyal, but I felt like if Jerry gave Jason Garrett a new contract extension, then people would would, would, would legitimately think about bailing and leaving until Jason was replaced. You know, mm-hmm. you have to have a little bit of hope as a fan base. Like the Knicks and, and the Redskins and the Bengals, like they, they've sucked hope out. And when you don't have any hope, uh, that's Jerry Jones' biggest fear. You know, the stadium is always going to be full. They're always going to have TV ratings. But I really feel like if they re-signed Jason Garrett, that would have damaged the fan base because all hope, uh, a lot of hope would have been sucked out. In terms of new turnover, yeah, I'm concerned about that. You know, I, I wanted them to keep Kellen Moore and, 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 and Mark Colombo and maybe, you know, another coach, John Kitna possibly. But it also shows that Jerry Jones, which fans wanted, Jerry's giving Mike McCarthy power. It's not Jerry saying you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to keep that guy, you have to keep uh, you know, these individuals. Uh, so it's going to be a big learning curve. There's no doubt about it. McCarthy letting Kellen Moore call the plays and adjust to me is a, is, is a great move, a mature move by McCarthy to make sure the learning curve isn't too steep. Um, and then when it comes to interviewing Jerry, like it, you know, I view it as an honor. Like I'm a really sappy person. And, uh, you know, I, I like to I like to mark like really important, meaningful things in my life. And, you know, having the opportunity to talk to Jerry Jones, like I, I, I always wanted to do a national show, you know, become as big a star as possible. And then I'm sitting there interviewing Jerry every week for 10 years. And I look up and bam, there's our name on the sports center. And there's our name on first take yeah, there's our name on FS1. And I'm like, this is national. Like. Yep. This is basically a national show. I may not, you know, be recognized in, you know, Nashville, but you know, the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest team in all of sports. So I, I still view it as a tremendous honor. Now I gotta ask you real quick. I'm nervous. I was nervous as hell, but also <laughs> now I'm I'm the only Saints fan in this house and I'm surrounded by Dallas fans all year. Okay. <laughs> Now, my biggest debate with them this year is I would say that Michael Thomas was definitely probably the best receiver in the league this year, oh, but God. they give me a lot of crap for it. But I just wanted to know your opinion about that. He's, well, the, he's the only target who they says have. My, who's, who, who says anyone's better? Who's better than Michael Thomas? That's that's my question. Our whole debate that's my is, question. is Michael Thomas is the only target that Drew Brees really has other than Kamara out of the backfield. They didn't use their tight ends often. They used Jared Cook. And when you're getting when you're getting 14 targets a game, you're going to have elevated stats like yeah, that. Yeah, but you get targeted when you're also open. Exactly my point. We always hear this about Jason Garrett. <laughs> Can all I, the time. Can I just it, say I need you to call in a little bit more because I don't get I don't get backup <laughs> like this over here, man. Like this is this is comfort no. in here. Pat Doney is a TV person here in Dallas on NBC Five, mm-hmm. and he tried to argue with me that Amari Cooper was as good as Michael oh, Thomas. Oh my God! I would never say that. Almost they almost took his television show away from him for that. <laughs> I embarrassed Pat on the radio. I embarrassed Pat 
on social media. You got to give me a name that you think is better. You can say Julio. I'll still take Michael Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Jason Garrett and every other coach goes, well, they took him out of the game. They just took him out of the game. They double teamed him. Nothing can take Michael Thomas <laughs> nope. out of the game. Nothing nope. ever has. No. So he's the best. That's my opinion. Yeah, and I, like I said, you know, you saw when Drew Brees went down, everybody was like, he's only good because of Drew Brees. But Teddy Bridgewater came in. They, you know, were slow at first, but they got that connection. And even yep. when Kamara and Jared Cook started to get hot in the month of December, Michael Thomas was still getting a hundred yards a game. He, he and you, you can you as much as you want to All say right, this double is team a Dallas him. Podcast, not Saints. <laughs> you just can't double. You can't guard Mike. It's just like his name. You can't guard Mike. Sean, <laughs> seriously, how how has it been now that you're like on you're well known on a radio station? Is it tough when you go out with like your fiance and stuff? People bugging you and saying, "Hey, you know, why aren't you harder with the questions?" Or someone talking you off, or someone like me hitting you up on Instagram and bugging you to come on our show? No, no, not in Kansas City. You know, in Kansas City, uh, if I went to a Royals game or something. I'd probably be more recognized. Uh, I usually get it from like Uber and Lyft drivers. If like I start talking to them and they have a fan on their preset. Uh, but otherwise, you know, in, in Dallas, there's a bunch of two cool people in Dallas. Like uh, the, the cities outside of Dallas, I get along with those listeners, you know, a lot more in Dallas. People, you know, they don't want to, they want to act like they're above it. And they, they wouldn't look at Tony Romo walk past them and, you know, they're worried about being $1,000 millionaires, and they're worried about the little fashion, and they're worried about the plastic surgery. So, no, they do not care if I'm walking around in Dallas. Uh, when we have events outside of Dallas, uh, that's when we get that's when we talk with the real Tolos and have, have the best times. Now, I know we don't want to take up too much of your time, um, but you brought up baseball real quick. I just wanted to know, did you think that Houston got what they deserved, or did you think they deserved a little bit more? No, I listened to their show, no. <laughs> <clears throat> you know – that's a that's a good question. That's a difficult question. It's like, what else would you do to them? They lost their manager. They lost their general manager. Now that didn't come necessarily from Major League Baseball. That came from the Astros ownership. You know, yeah. they lost draft picks that they used to really help their team. I, here's my, the only problem I have with it is players not being punished. Yeah, yeah. I don't I yep. don't understand. You know, taking away a World Series title, yeah, you can do that. They always do that in college. But, you know, we remember the Fab Five. Their legend did not fade because they lost their Big Ten banners or whatever it was. No one cares. Same thing with USC. We know that Reggie Bush won, won the Heisman. So taking away the World Series banner, whatever, that to me is just for looks. But yeah. I don't understand why the players weren't punished in it. That's my biggest problem with that. Yeah, and maybe it shows how strong the baseball players union is that those the, all those players were untouchable, even though it did yeah. cost Carlos Beltran his Mets job. And then there is the rumors that MLB is denying, but you know the whole buzzers underneath the jerseys, you know, yeah. that, that that's just crazy if it is true because Altuve is such a respected player, and you got to yeah. think that would just ruin him. I just want to know what's the Vegas odds for the first Astros batter to get drilled opening day? Ah, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. The MLB like someone's gonna. The, they're gonna take their revenge. Well, you on think them. about they're how gonna, many someone's gonna drill them and say, "Here, this is from all of us." Think about how many players right. get caught doing steroids when they come back. Typically, the first thing that happens to them is they get hit. First time they uh, they face the Dodgers, or first time they yeah, face you, mm-hmm. Darts. Exactly. There you yeah. go, head hunting. I mean, you think about how hard those players fight for a playoff bonus, and how hard they're they're fighting just to get to the World Series to find out that you know at least cheat to cheat and stuff. You know, Sean, who right. who was the most interesting person that you ever interviewed, and who was the the person like you could care less about ever interviewing again? <laughs> the most in well, I mean, Michael Irvin's my favorite to interview. 
he brings amazing energy. He, you know, doesn't act like he's above you. He's electric. I put him on my first resume tape when I was getting hired uh, in, in my hometown. Uh, in terms of not caring about, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to miss Jason Garrett interviews. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was brutal. And I understand Jason had to do what he had to do. I thought he could have given us a little bit more. Um, but, you know, he was taking the Bill Belichick approach of I have nothing to gain by being interesting or telling the media anything. I have absolutely nothing to gain. My my future and my status is going to be determined by wins and losses, yeah. not how good I am in a radio interview. So I will not be missing Jason Garrett, even though I don't think Mike McCarthy will be a ton, a ton better. I think McCarthy will be a little bit grouchier, but maybe a little bit more interesting. I think Jason Garrett's going to miss you, though, once that New York media gets a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he won't be having to talk as much, being just the offensive coordinator. So uh, Jason knows how it is there. He's a Princeton guy. He's a Jersey guy. But I don't think he'll have, a, have to be facing the fire as much. Yeah. Real quick, two questions, and then we'll let you go. I know you have a game to get ready to go to. Uh, by the way, we're Sixers fans up here. but uh, It's the only Philly Ooh. team we like. <laughs> only Philly team we like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What what aggravates you the most about athletes? I mean, I can we we've talked to a couple of guys and uh, just some of the things with the guaranteed money really aggravates us because it just seems like these guys don't play for Super Bowls anymore; they're just playing for money. And when is your uh, first book coming out for uh, the art of uh, smoking? <laughs> that book is going to be a ways away if you get involved in barbecuing and smoking you know that uh you know you're, you're never a master of it you know you can sit there and make awesome briskets or awesome ribs and you can have you know a, a bad cook around the corner by overcooking it or not being as moist or juicy as you want your grill can get out of control uh so that one's going to be a ways off even though i'm still practicing and uh <laughs> As for athletes, I I don't know the answer to that. Just because I, I think I'm just pretty used to how it is, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's all about the money. Um, you know what? Here here's what bugs me the most: the idea that I'll take this Cowboys team. The idea that these guys had to be like motivated. Yeah. The, the idea that Jason Garrett had to give, you know, a speech every game, or Jason Garrett had to get them hyped. They had to get them ready to play. Yeah. Right? Where's your pride? Yeah. You know, where's your, where, 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 where's your, where's your professionalism? Where, where, where's your own ego? The reason Tom Brady is so special is not because of his ability. The reason that Tom Brady is so special is because every day he wakes up like Michael Jordan did with like something to prove. Like you can say it's cliche, but he feels like every day Derek Jeter said it tonight. You know, in a clip of him being inducted into the Hall of Fame, every day he felt like someone was out to take his job. Every day he felt like he could possibly get cut. And it's that motivation and it's that drive that this Cowboys team did not have. And that drives me crazy about these guys sometimes when, you know, if they're going to the Pro Bowl and Jalen Smith and Tank Lawrence are more worried about their brand and their sunglasses mm -hmm. and, their, and, their, and their bandanas and their shirts that they're selling versus the embarrassment of being 8-8. Eight and eight and you know having a humiliating season and getting their coach fired they don't care yeah I and mean, i think that's what aggravates me the most especially like when you see them you, you they make a play and they do their little celebrations and the scores like in favor of their team it's yeah. just like god it's just sickening you're down 30 and you're seeing people do cartwheels it's like yeah. all right you got your little highlights <laughs> yeah. 
Well, Sean, we definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'll be listening tomorrow morning at 6.30 our time to the Sean and RJ show. There you go. <laughs> no, really. That was, was just nerves, man. It was really like awesome to have you on. You're one for two on it, so good job. No, but for real, it was really a pleasure to have you on today. We're really thankful for that. Thank you, guys. Uh, great questions. And, you know, in terms of y'all's chemistry, as it should be a guest being a family, uh, you, have, you have better chemistry than – 80% of people that I do these interviews with. So good, short, quick <laughs> questions, in my opinion. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. good back and forth in chemistry. I appreciate it. Take care. No problem. Thanks, Sean. That was Sean from the Sean and RJ show on 105.3 The Fan. That was just awesome to have him on. I mean, since we've been doing this podcast, I mean, we've had a lot of people on that we've talked to, but this by far was the most interesting. I listened to these guys every day, and just to hear his voice was weird, man. He's on our show. <laughs> I actually did think yeah, about I, it like that. I can't believe cool. I botched the name of this freaking show. Yeah, I mean, I was so nervous. But They're going to talk about that. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I, I'm, I was, it, was honor, it was an honor to have them on, and yeah. uh, look forward to hearing uh, tomorrow. Yeah, we didn't record this podcast just because we're – you know, it was a quick little interview we had, and we we're trying to figure out the whole phone situation. But for now on, our podcast will be videotaped. We just had a little, couple little issues with our phones. But don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook page. Well, this will be up on the iTunes podcast, Spotify, Google Music. Yeah, and if you're a Cowboys fan, download that radio app yep. and look up 105.3 The Fan. All yep. day long, man, they're on there. Yep. All right, guys, well, we hope you have a good one, and we'll see you next time.